0: Hello, ladies and gents, welcome to episode 37 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour I am, as ever, your host, Stacey Taylor And joining me in my virtual parlour of cakes and tea and biscuits and whatnot Is my good friend and fellow nerd, Mr. Mike the Hod Hello, Mike! Oh, yeah, you are alright? Doing a wave I always do a wave and no one can tell <laughs> Always assume I'm waving is what I'm going to say from now on what, So just- I'll just...
1: Just whilst you're talking, or just yeah, just constantly. Just, no, just constantly, just waiting. constantly, oh, throughout okay. the
0: show. Yeah, just assume that because then yeah. I don't have to actually do it.
1: That's some sort of nervous disorder, I would imagine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that it wouldn't surprise me. It is me. <laughs> so uh, I'm all cosy in my slanket, ready to talk pop culture, and because I'm so wonderful, I'll uh, I'll let you crack on.
1: Okay, um, let's let I'll tell you what. Let's let's get the controversial one out of the way to start with shall we
0: oof I, okay
1: you, you,
0: you, I know what you this know is what's
1: coming. you know what's
0: coming I do
1: okay Batgirl cover I mean this has been all over the interwebs for the last seven ten days something like that mm-hmm. uh, and has driven me halfway up the wall and back again a couple of times um, <laughs> the thing is okay let me, let me put my stance on it okay I generally don't have a problem with the cover I a,
0: actually think it's kind of it's beautiful.
1: Also, it's it's awful <laughs> as as a piece of art. It's an awesomely done cover. It's mm-hmm. a really good homage to the Killing Joke, and it's it's done wonderfully. And I think the artist, who I wasn't particularly um, yeah, I play with at the best of times, but a, a very good artist. Really, really like it. Mm-hmm. I have two issues with it. Okay. The first is I don't read Batgirl, but I do kind of follow what the comic's been doing, and i Led to understand that recently the creative team has changed, Mm -hmm. and they've kind of changed the the marketing will be the wrong word who they're targeting the comic app, which Mm -hmm. seems to be much more of a not universally but uh, much more of a late teens early twenties female audience as a large part of their demographic. So with that in mind, it did seem to be rather a inappropriate for want of a better word cover to put on a book that's targeted at. That you know a large part of that audience, mainly because, and this is my second issue with it, you could change nothing on that cover, but you, the I think it was the look on that girl's face, yeah. and this is this is what does me. It's not a, an accurate look. I think if you if you put yourself in that girl's shoes, with whatever happens with happened with the Killing Joke and yada yada yada, that sort of look of of you know fear and abject
0: terror. I think yeah, it's what it is. <laughs> she's, she's,
1: let's face it, she's borderline catatonic. Mm-hmm. She really is she's 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 defeated she's being she's she's almost immobile unable to move and passive and in terms of the imagery and the message that sends to sort of a a um, late teens early 20s female audience I don't think is the best of ones to send especially when you consider that one in 5 women are subject to sexual assaults in their lives not brilliant but this that's not really the point even the point being that in a comparative cover with a male superhero, what you will find is the male superhero is always resistant or fighting or straining to get get away or has a look on his face that says, I'm going to beat the living crap out of you once I get out of this. With a female superhero, it's passive and, you know, like I say, unable. She's The look on her face is, please somebody come and save me. And I just don't think that is the greatest idea to be putting on a cover of that. That sort with the, with the market that it, it goes for because you've got that complete dichotomy between what, what how they represent a male superior and how they represent a female superior. That being said, <laughs> I thought the reaction to it was so intensely overblown and some of the things that I've heard leveled at it like it's overtly sexual.
0: I don't it think it's means- sexual at all, no, not into- and I think, I think if you find that sexual, you're fucking weird.
1: There's, there's, I think people are desperate to read so much into it to denigrate it mm. in order to prove their point, where it didn't need proving. It just needed, and this I think, from what I understand, this is exactly what happened. A few people went, uh, "Do you think that's the best look that she could have?" And the artist went, mm, "You might have a point there." And go into the editorial team, and they went, mm, "You might have a point there." I tell you what, we'll. Scrap that, we'll think of something else. And then, of course, all hell broke loose because mm-hmm. it's you know, you've got one side banging in against the other with essentially because there's fuck all else going on at the moment and they've got nothing better to do than start punching and you know ripping chunks out of one another. Mm-hmm. So what could have been just a, just a small, and I use controversy in the loosest sense, you know, just a small issue um, has been has gone mental. And the whole thing with censorship, it's not been censored in the slightest because, frankly, I, a two-second search on the internet and I can find it.
0: Yeah. I think the um I'm oh, I'm really torn on the whole issue I am because like taken completely out of context the image is effective absolutely gorgeously rendered and possibly one of the the best images of the Joker I've seen for a really long time. I love Raphael albuquerque's work i think it's stunning because he does um american vampire and it's oh, yeah. absolutely gorgeous like i love him anyway so i think out of the context of the current batgirl comic it's fucking lush and i think the other thing people need to remember as well because one of the big complaints about it was the fact that not only is the comic now skewed a bit more to a younger audience but also the creative team of point blank said as long as we're on this book joker's never going to be in it Mm. partly because they want to move her away from the whole killing joke situation but also because he's not really the supervillain for that younger market um so a lot of people have leveled the complaint that why the fuck are you sticking the joker on the cover to which there's a very simple answer to that it was joker month every dc cover that whether it's featured the joker in the past or not had a variant Joker cover, <laughs> so that th- that point's that's
1: a reasonable argument. <laughs> I'll give you that. That is a reasonable argument.
0: That that point can kind of be thrown out the window. Yeah. Um. Also, the fact that in my head it doesn't so much matter that the target audience is is younger as well because it's a variant cover. You have to search that out. That's not going to be the one that's going to be every shop tons of copies. But what I will say is, I'm kind of. <sighs> I can appreciate why Albuquerque requested it be removed because apparently when people started levelling complaints at it, other people then started throwing death threats at them yeah, and is... threats of violence and Fuck rape it. and all this sort of stuff. And I just think, for fuck's sake, it's a comic cover. Yeah. Can we not be more grown up about this, please? Does anyone need to die over a shitting comic cover? Well, no. Um. So I completely understand why he removed it, but I personally don't think it should have been removed because, as I say, it's a variant. It's not a popular cover. Cover. it's beautiful and the whole idea that it's glorifying rape suggests to me that a the joker it, as far as i'm aware the Joker is not a rapist um so i don't quite know where that comes from and b that you are suggesting that the joker is the one in that cover that we should be thinking yeah about if that makes sense like like thinking like his lifestyle is the one we should be going for there like oh so he's got his armor and Batgirl, even though he's got a gun in his hand and he Clearly, is not about to do anything sexy with her. So that that's the thing that I should be aiming for in life. And I don't think anybody looking at a comic cover like that should fucking be thinking that way. No, <laughs> like, no, that's it's... bananas to me. Um... I mean,
1: the one thing that I will respond on, and I... I... I take your point about the variant cover, and it is a very good one. But I found this out the other day that as a variant cover, it's apparently a one for is it one for one cover? In that there, will, there would have been as many of this variant printed as the standard cover, so mm. could have been as many of those available in the shop. So it wouldn't That's necessarily it. Have, necessarily have been a case of going to hunt it out.
2: Mm.
1: It was it wasn't like one in fifty or something like that. It was like a second cover. So. From that point of view, if that's what it was um, commissioned by, and it was commissioned by the DC marketing team, not by the editorial team or the creative team. So I do wonder if there's been some form of disconnect in what the marketing team think still flies, really, and what the editorial team still flies. The the, the the upshot essentially is that the mainstream comic industry is probably about 25 years behind the curve. and is only really just beginning to realize it a little bit as we've seen a lot of this stuff in the last sort of um, 18 months, you know, across the industry of, of all this dumb stuff that we've traditionally done. Perhaps we need to relook at it again and go, you know what, is that really workable anymore? And I think what we're seeing is the teething pains of that as the industry tries to find its way pretty blindly into that happy medium. Mm-hmm. Um, but, it, you know, Fucking death threats is just ludicrous. It's bananas. <laughs> it really isn't it? is. I oh, mean, it's completely stupid.
0: Like when I saw the image, like I can completely understand why someone, why people might be offended by it. I mean, I'm lucky enough to say that I've, I've never had to suffer any sort of assault or, or, or violence against me, and I can completely understand why people might see that and think, great, another picture of a woman being victimized by a dude. And I do agree. I mean. <sighs> I don't like to presume that I know what the artist would have done, but, you know, I can't imagine that if you'd replaced Batgirl with, say, Nightwing, that that image would have looked exactly the same. I mean, I'd like to think that it would, and I think it would be really super brave if somebody did
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. do
0: that cover. But I think, I don't know, I mean... <sighs>
1: Have you seen the one that somebody's just slightly tweaked or photoshopped, where what they've done is they've taken Batgirl's eyes and rather have them sort of like looking at the reader in that very staring, blank expression. They've got her eyes looking towards the Joker, and the side of her mouth is just turned up in a slight grimace, so that everything else is exactly the same, apart from those two slight change in you know in in body language and it changes the whole concept of the cover mm-hmm. in that she's saying to him, You're gonna get such a fucking ass whooping in a second <laughs>
0: i actually quite like that the the one that i saw that i quite enjoyed was where um it's been photoshopped that in his one hand he's actually got not a gun but a jar of nutella and he's just smearing chocolate on her face which i thought was <laughs> pretty, pretty hilarious <laughs> maybe that's I, just me being weird
1: i'm gonna i'm gonna go off on a bit of a tangent here and this
0: uh, it better just, not be an anti nutella tangent all right no have good to... god
1: no jesus <laughs> i mean those people are they're not the first up against the wall when the revolution comes through. They're in the top ten. People who don't like Nutella, trust me, if you don't like Nutella, that you're, you're seventh or eighth up against the wall. I mean, pe- first people up against the wall are the ones who come out of lifts or step off buses or trains and just stop dead. Of course.
0: Heri- yeah. Anyway, that's a
1: rant. First people. up against the wall. Seriously, if I should be should be allowed to clock you round the back of the head with something. Well,
0: anyway, what about the people who are waiting immediately in front of the bus doors, so you can't get off? Oh, they're second. <laughs> okay.
1: We have we have such a thing called bus queues. Learn how they work. Uh, Not yeah. one bus mill round the fucking stop and get and el- elbow your way in. Oh, don't get me started. You're going to get me started. The last time I did this with you, you subtitled the episode "The Hod Rants, and I don't want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, what yeah? What I was going to go on and say is the thing about the Joker is, and I know this has kind of been his thing for the, like the last twenty years or so. He's he's played as an absolute psychotic maniac. Oh, yeah, he's great. a complete I, lunatic. Yeah, he's an utter lunatic, and that's great. And I agree with that because that's a that's a great way of you know putting across. And he's he's that archetype that the you know, the, the the poster child for for you know psychotic mania. Having said that though, I find that that more recently it's the fact that he kills being his absolute um that's what he does he just goes out and randomly kills people just for shits and giggles whereas i've always seen the joker as somebody who would spend you know rob banks to get millions of dollars and kill loads of people you know just to set up a situation where he could stick a pie in batman's face (laughs) yeah you know the payoff is the joke there's very little joke about the joker anymore Mm. and that i I think that's something that's a little sad that we've lost because if you go back and read the 1950s stuff that um you know the real oddball stuff which i'm a sucker for (laughs) love that sort of stuff i mean some of the some of the capers he gets up to are are just wonderful now that isn't going to work anymore but if you take that you know, that that mania that he's got and that psychosis that he's got, but you mix it with the ludicrous and the farcical mm-hmm. I think you you could you could have a really good character. But I think it yeah. the pendulum swung way too one you know, one side with the joke. A little yeah. bit.
0: Are you saying that actually now, thinking about it, my point about swapping her out for a dude Akela. character, no, for <laughs> swapping back, swapping that back girl out for a dude character. They actually might look like abjectly terrified because I don't know if you read the fairly recent story where you know when he took his own face off and then just went on a bit of a Bat Family rampage. And, uh that's
1: kind of the point I was getting at,
0: you know. Yeah. Yeah. He. Uh, I don't know what that thing was with his face. Fucking weird. Also, how is that thing still not rotted through? Because his daughter, person who's not really his daughter, is still running around with that fucking stinky ass thing on. But anyway, that's another point. I actually think probably most of the 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 dude bat family characters would be actually terrified of him now. Yeah. Like straight up terrified. So the cover makes sense. It's just possibly. It's
1: how it's it's how they're represented. And
0: I think it's on the wrong book i think he's definitely on the wrong book i think if you'd have there probably wouldn't have been so much of a problem with that image if it wasn't on what is essentially now a sort of teen comic
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's i wouldn't necessarily call it a young teen comic because it because again from what i understand it has some fairly mature themes in there and but it's the it's the target audience and Mm. i don't think that cover is specifically designed with the you know, bearing in mind who you're trying to attract, and I don't think it it really does its job in that respect. But the, having said that, it is a it's, it's a great piece of art. I think with a slight reworking, it could have looked so much better and just been an absolute stormer. But it, you know, he's he's an artist that I'll always I'll always keep my eye on now because mm-hmm. you know it's it's striking. Yeah, I mean, he can if he can produce that striking image, then I I look to see you know sort of more stuff that he can do. It's I just a shame. It's yeah, uh, it's just a shame that it, it. You know, it goes back to Superman being written by Awesome Scott Card or whoever he is. You know, the, the various <laughs> ludicrous comic controversies that we have to throw in from time to time. And I do wonder whether there is somebody at the various big two going right. How can we? How can we create what controversy can we create this week? Because mm. people are still talking about their books, I suppose. This is true. Mm. But yeah, I agree with the Nutella thing.
0: Thumbs up for Nutella is basically the summary of that that question. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm going to move on to something that I should probably not review on this show. I cannot contain myself, however, and I would imagine that anybody who reads the IDW Turtle series will have read this by now. I had this spoilt for me by Kevin Eastman, no less, on my Facebook page. Now, I don't know if you're a reader of the Turtle stuff. I'm hard.
1: not so no. so I'm I'm you're going to have to to educate me as to the um,
0: okay well
1: the seismic reaction. <laughs>
0: <this have> <laughs> Do you know what happened in the last issue? Or am I about? No, to, I, like, don't, I don't. Oh my don't. god, I'm about to drop some bomb. Okay, issue forty four was it came out last week and almost instantly the internet exploded. Certainly within my comics reading lifetime, it's the biggest comic event that I've read as it's happened and that actually made me cry twice and once on public transport for fuck's sake i've never never (laughs) never a good
1: thing that that's never a good thing no it's laughing out uproariously on public transport crying and it's you never get out of that looking good
0: no (laughs) no so like the the last sort of arc of the turtle's series was uh, a lead up to a big sort of battle on an island uh, in which krang well general krang was going to set off a machine that was part of the technodrome that was going to basically terraform earth to kill all the humans and make it inhabitable for a peeps from dimension x and so there was this big plan that the three three of the turtles would go to the island and like kick some ass and stop the plan that end donnie would be staying back in a lab to like partially run point and also do some important computer tech stuff that needed to be going on. And Splinter was gonna go and try and find Karai and convince her to basically leave the Shredder and sort the sort out the foot. And this issue 44 was the uh the conclusion to that story. And in this issue, Donatello dies. <laughs> Get out of town. I can't even fucking cope with saying it. <laughs> this is ridiculous. I now you all know how much I absolutely adore Donatello, he's like my absolute favourite. Like and in the IDW comics as well, he's he's more brilliant than he's ever been. I absolutely adore him. Imagine my surprise on page fucking eight, I think it might be, when Rocksteady just takes a sledgehammer to him and beats the ever loving shit out of him. <laughs> Really? I went mental. And I think normally I would absolutely rage about a spoiler like this. And what I'd seen was on my Facebook feed, a little article that Kevin Eastman had reposted, the title of which was... Have IDW just killed off a turtle? And there was a picture with it that didn't specifically show that it was Donnie, but I could tell because Metalhead was in the background and I was like, oh my God, he's in the lab, that's definitely Donnie. I'm actually kind of glad this got spoiled for me because I genuinely don't think I would have coped if I'd have just read this issue not knowing that was going to happen. <laughs> like, it is awful. Uh, but when I say awful, I mean brilliant. It's like one of the best issues of anything I've read for a really long time. <laughs> Possibly because of the pacing of it. Like, you normally think that that sort of event would happen at the very end of the book, and you know, the last page would be like the dun dun dun. No, it's like page eight. He, um, there's this horrendous silhouette of the sledgehammer hitting Donnie in the shell, and just in the corner of the panel, there's this horrible, horrendous, like, blood splattering situation. Uh, Yeah. And then Rocksteady makes the worst comment about how he didn't expect it to look like that on the inside. And I was just like, oh, my God, you cavalier bastard. And then cut to Berno Island and the other turtles are all like, "Mm, wonder what Donnie's up to? And I'm like, oh, my God. Donnie's definitely up to dying. Holy shit! But the like the absolute worst slash best thing was the fact that that happens on page eight because for the next like fourteen pages you've got no idea if he's dead or not. Oh no! I was just like, oh god, can't, can't go with this. Talk. I'm reading the rest of it and the turtles are winning and I'm like, oh my god, you're gonna get home to a dead Donatello. This is not cool. <laughs> I was just like totally stressing out, absolutely stressing out. I mean, it's such a testament to Tom Waltz's writing that. Not only did I cry, like, it elicited a massive emotional response in me, but I also really enjoyed it and really want to read the next issue, which, because yeah. you would think, like, if it was badly written, you would think most fans of Donatello would be like, well, I'm never fucking reading this again, shitters. But it was amazing. I, <laughs> I, like, legitimately just read it, started crying. Rich was like, oh, my God, did you just read Turtles? I was like, it's my hay fever, I tell you. It's definitely hay fever.
1: Okay, so, so is easy he- dead dead absolutely dead never coming back dead 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 no more or is it a kind of (sighs) is it comic book uh, dead (laughs) well no but i mean you know what comic book dead is like because i can remember when it was all over the internet that george anderson had topped herself Mm. um and the last panel was you know i think it was dread walking in and her hanging from this rope you know and to be continued and you go oh my god she's dead Mm -hmm. well until we read it next month um (laughs) Yeah and is it gonna be a bit like that that you know it's oh. they find his body and it's a to be continued and I uh, haven't quite got to the end of it yet, have we? Sort well this
0: it. is this is the thing. I I thought I thought he was dead simply because about I think it's three pages from the end, the turtles get back from the island and they're all like, yo, Donnie, we did it. Woohoo, high five. Where's Donny? What's happening? <laughs> Everyone else is there. And there are two characters. There's a lady called Nobody who is one of the purple dragons, now turn good, who uh, uses like this cool exosuit thing to fight crime on the turtle's behalf. And um, another mutant sort of I think she's a fox I want to say she's a fox
1: I've actually got the page the last page up here now yeah. yes I can so, see who you so
0: two two pages before that the turtles get back and Alopex and nobody are just basically like weeping and they're like we did everything we could we just did not get here in time we, we tried everything but we were too late we're sorry and so I thought by they tried everything they mean he's definitely not got a pulse and we couldn't get one back because how the fuck do you give a turtle CPR anyway that's irrelevant <laughs> Um, I'm sure
1: there's a website that explains that, but you really don't want to go and find that out. Yeah, <laughs> It's got some um, unfortunate connotations <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um But then that last page at the very bottom, which I only noticed in the third read-through, there is a little to be continued. And I was like, hmm, mm, does that mean he's not quite dead then? Holding on to hope drastically, because I cannot live in a world where Donatello's dead.
1: And again, I'll just put it out there. It is a world where there are... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and um, you know, mutant rats so anything's possible
0: yeah i mean i've got theories um and i know there are actually spoilers for the next issue out there already but i don't i don't want to no, uh, myself as much as i'm <laughs> as much as I have been totally emotionally text, invested
1: in this issue you want to be emotionally invested in the next one as well don't you
0: yeah exactly but i tell you what the, the way this issue was executed was just amazing and i have to give hats off to um the colorist uh Rhonda patterson because she, i mean she always does a cracking job anyway but the scene where Bebop and Rocksteady are essentially going to turn on Donatello. There's a very subtle thing that I noticed that, that not many other people did, which is every time Donnie takes a blow, it, the background starts yellow and gets progressively more red, and it's brutal as fuck. It's.
1: <laughs> Now that's good. That's good going. If, if, if that's the case, that's really well done.
0: It was really subtle. I I didn't notice it the first time around, because I was too fucking distressed. But the second time round, I noticed it, on it the was. Bus. Yeah, well, the second time I was on the bus, that's when I cried. I don't know why I read it on the bus when I knew I cried the first time round. Fucking idiot. <laughs> um <laughs> No, it was um it was there was a panel where Bebop cracks him over the head with a computer keyboard after Rock City's already smacked him about a couple of times with a sledgehammer, so you know, you've got to forgive him for not dodging this keyboard. And I I suddenly noticed I was like, Oh fuck, is that that background's orange and the next one's just a little bit more red and then a little bit more red and then, you know, the final blow is just like a crimson panel that's just the worst thing to look at ever.
1: Yeah, nasty.
0: And do you know what, Matt? Oh, God, Tom Waltz, man, you're such a bastard. The Rocksteady names his sledgehammer. It's called Juniper. And I just think anybody who names the weapon with which they beat the shit out of people with is a sick son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) That's like an indication of being an absolute bastard. Uh, It's ingenious. And I was, oh, God, yeah, I can't even talk about it. But I was supposed—I was going to save this for the next episode of podcast in a half shell. But I was like, I can't not talk about it. It's too big. It's too much of a deal in my life.
1: Yeah, but you know that you will talk about it on the next one. So,
0: <laughs> well, by then I'll have probably read issue forty-five and been like, either no, he definitely is dead, or like, phew.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll either be ex- you know ecstatically happy or catatonic with brief.
0: <laughs> Honestly, if he's <laughs> Could make for an interesting
1: dead. podcast that one.
0: If he's actually dead, I will not cope. But, I can't, like, see, Duncan, my uh, podcasting half-shell co-host, when I texted him, I was like, help me, I, I'm broken. <laughs> Tom Waltz broke me, help. Um, he was like, Stace, do you remember a couple of issues ago they were in the future and the only one left was Donatello, so it's fine. And I was like, phew, oh, yeah. But then when I thought about that more logically, I thought, no, that was the future where the Krang won, and that's why they came up with this new plan, so now that future doesn't exist, so Donnie might actually be dead. <laughs> really stressed
1: (laughs) hey you've watched Doctor Who enough times to know that time can be rewritten
0: indeed well a lot of people are suggesting that there is still a world in which Donatello's the only one left because there is still a world where they don't win like they don't beat Krang but now this timeline is is different because they did, and I'm like, Do you know what? I don't understand time or time travel, <laughs> alternate universes and things. Just just give me back Donateau, it's all I want. <laughs> hey, so, you're
1: yeah. you're feeling the same pain that I felt almost 30 years ago when Judge Giant got killed, and these dudes still dead. So
0: I, I cannot see them legitimately killing off Donnie forever. Like he has to come back. No, no, the,
1: it's 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 one of those things, isn't it? That you know the the the, the turtles are four of them, yeah. and there will always be the four of them. So you can you can you know install as much you know storyline and uh, and as much um, you know drama as you want, but you know that the, the the language of comics reverts to a status quo, doesn't it? So
0: yeah. I'm, I'm sure hoping... he'll be
1: back. The key is how. And that yeah. makes it interesting.
0: Exactly. I mean, I think there's been a lot of, Um, I'm part of a, t- a Turtles forum called the Technodrome forums. And there's been a lot of like people coming up with theories. And one of the sort of overriding ones is, did they not just travel through time with Renee? Well, won't they just go to her and go oi take us back in time so we yeah. can stop Donatello getting the shit kicked out of him and I think that's if that happens to be the case I don't think I'll be that impressed by that because that seems lazy that's too obvious like if we if we can think of it and we don't we're not writers for a living then it's too daft
1: um, it is it's it's been it's one of these things that that, that is a a traditional way of, of pressing the reset button isn't it mm-hmm. I mean that's that's the simplest and most traditional way so, so to a certain extent when that when a writer pulls out that solution, it seems a little trite because it's been done a million times before. But having said that, doing, you know, the going with a classic solution always has a certain element of, you know, satisfaction about it. Anyway, it it's down to, you know, individualism, I suppose. Um, yeah. But sometimes I quite like that. No, we'll go back in time and stop it. It's like, yeah. Nice and simple. Go with the classics. Don't get, because I've seen some, far too many stories try to go the convoluted route and just go, so, you know, got twisted up in their cells, so far up their own asses that you just sit there going, what?
0: Yeah. What? <laughs> I do um, think... Three um, like,
1: last season of Doctor Who. No, the season before, sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I do entirely trust Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman to, to not do something shit and cheap. And like I say, I mean it is a testament to their writing that I'm actually intrigued to see where they go with mm-hmm. issues yeah. without Donny. Like the thing that stressed me out is on that last page that you were just looking at. Look at each of the individual turtles' reactions; they're so fucking perfect for their characters that I just could not cope at all. And it was it weirdly it was Leonardo's reaction that that almost broke me because he's just sort of staring into space like what the fuck am I seeing? Like you just can't process yeah, what he's looking yeah, at whatsoever. Exactly. Oh god fuck you, Leonardo, you stupid turtle bastard. (laughs) I can't talk about this anymore. Um, (laughs) I'm legitimately upset, yeah. But it was, like I say, it was like, God, it was so well written and so well paced and, like, everything about it was just... I think the thing is, you, you sort of get to a point, with, especially with comic characters, where you think they're invincible, even though they're going into situations where the odds are overwhelmingly against them. Like, they're like four turtles, a rat, a fox and a and a robot turtle going up against the entire foot and the entire crank like what <laughs> like no that's you're never going to get out of that without losses but in your head you just think like ah oh, maybe they'll trash metal head or something that's not that important that can just be rebuilt No, we'll just trash Donnie instead, whatever.
1: It is the language. It's the language, not just of comics, it's the language of storytelling, isn't it? And we've all seen Commando. Arnold Schwarzenegger (laughs) lasted about 30 seconds in real life.
0: He's just getting bullets raining down on him. Exactly. And yes, somehow, mysteriously, he just takes everyone in.
1: You don't watch it for the realism. You don't watch it because you know, you actually, you know, that first grenade Dead, he's done, and you know, his daughter's t- being turned into a shish kebab by the gayest nursery I've ever seen. Um, you know, but you don't know, watch it for that, you watch it for the ludicrous nature of it. So,
2: mm.
1: we know the but we know what the reality is. Don't mess with the fantasy, yeah.
0: Just but that's make the that's fantasy like, good. I think that's why I was so surprised because I just thought you, you just think the four of them in particular, like, I thought if any of them were going to die, it was going to be splinter. I don't know why Probably. that'd be a mistake, I think, if they did it, but. <laughs>
1: botulism from some daft pizza that they've had had too much of
0: (laughs) can turtles get fat
1: i have no idea yeah (laughs) (laughs) teenage mutant obese beast turtles
0: yeah just rolling around (laughs) kill me now um anyway let's move on before i start crying again Um, Uh, just just summary on that one thumbs up but also tears
1: yes your turn by the sound of it right yeah okay one of the things and this is this is a little bit of a um, sort of sidetrack to something that yourself and Lee were talking about—not the last one, but the one before. Mm-hmm. I think you split into two parts. I did. A little bit about continuity, and, uh, and I will talk specifically about DC Comics with this because that's what I, yeah what I am. But I think yeah it applies to both DC and Marvel to a certain extent. And it comes out of um, I've recently got quite interested in the history of the space race and you know, the the space programme. Mm-hmm. And one of the films that I watched surrounds the beginnings of that. It's a film called The Right Stuff. Okay. Um and it was made in the eighties and it, it's it's about the breaking of the sound barrier and the first American astronauts. They were called the Mercury Seven and they were the guys who were you know were primed to be shot into space in these these rockets. And the whole time I was watching this, the 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 one thing that I was thinking of is Jesus. These guys, every single one of them, they're Hal Jordan. They are Hal Jordan. You know, if Hal Jordan existed, he'd be part of this crowd. you know, because they were the sort of people, you get test pilots nowadays, and not to, you know, denigrate the work, you know, the stuff they do, but, but they're all about safety. Whereas these guys would strap themselves into a flying bomb, fly it to the end, you know, to the, the end of the earth just to see what it did. And that's the kind of devil may care, you know, just do it to, to see if it can be done. So actually that I've always got with held mm-hmm. And anyway, this started thinking, and I posted this on, I used to be a member of comic book resources, which I'm not anymore, but they've got a Facebook page, um, which, which I post on. And I posted, you know, could you now do a green lantern series that was set in the sixties around this sort of time, And just work on that at the same time that you have a Green Lantern, maybe with the same character, in modern day. And run the two titles concurrently. Not necessarily cross them over, but have your Green Lantern 60s version or your justice uh, that, that led on could you have a, sixth, uh, a 60s version of the Justice League that was set in the 60s and evoked the Silver Age but at the same time with the same characters have a Justice League title that was set in modern day and, do, and have that more modern concept of storytelling and I can't think of a good reason why not and I think it mm. comes down to the continuity between titles has got so important and so intertwined that, fuck me, if I try and pick up a comic now, I have no idea what the hell's going on. Yeah. Because I have to read, you know, if not five years, sometimes ten years worth of titles to understand who the fuck everybody is. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I this was, it was just setting me thinking, you know, can you imagine a Justice League title set in the 60s, drawn by Darwin Cook? Oh, that would be lush. I mean, I'd just, probably we. <laughs>
0: I think I would as well To be fair
1: Or a um, You know A Justice League title Set in modern era Drawn by Kevin Maguire You know Or a Batman I, This was the one thing That I suggested That we have a 1950s title Of Batman Set in the 1950s And we resurrect Dick Sprang And he can draw it <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> I don't know If that's how The world works But no, I'm, I'm, it's I'm, a lovely I'm idea
1: fairly, <laughs> I'm fairly sure Some of my ideas Are, are sort of Careering off Into ludicrous you know, realms. know <laughs> But could you do that? Would mm. that be something that would sell? And would it only sell based on the creators working on it? Or would it sell based on the concept that you're trying to, to put across? And I don't know. I mean, it's it's just a thought that that, that sprung to mind.
0: It's an interesting thought. I, think that, I don't think DC would ever go for anything like that because of the continuity issues. I think, like you say, too much of their stuff is too intertwined. I don't, think, I don't think they like the idea of separate things because then that's, they can't – it sounds terrible to think of it all from a money perspective, but they can't market it as, oh, we now you've got to buy issue whatever of this because otherwise you won't understand issue thingy of this. Um, and they make less money, don't they?
1: <laughs> they do. But this um, goes back to exactly what, what Lee, was, Lee and yourself were saying last time, is that you can pick up a title and go, oh, look, this is, this is you know, issue one or something. That's great. Hang on, part two. What's that all about? What, What? what, where, fuck? You know, and you're right, they do make money by crossing them over, but they also alienate a whole bunch of the general public who may be wanting to get into comics because, let's face it, comic book movies are going fucking stratospheric at the moment. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have about half a billion of them in the next six years or whatever it is, you know, which we'll not get onto because I have my reservations about that anyway. Um, <laughs> but, you know, will Are they... By a desperate attempt to make that that one continuity you know, run through every single title, are they doing themselves out of a market a little bit? And I just don't know. But nobody seems to be wanting to try that anymore. Nobody mm. seems to be wanting that self-contained title. That you just buy and you read and you enjoy, you know. And it will have you can have big long arcs and so on and so forth. You can have these one-shot stories, but you don't necessarily have to collect other titles, especially with the fucking event, which frankly is now happening every six months. From, yeah. what, I, from uh, what I can see.
0: Apparently, there are events about to happen in both Marvel and DC that are going to basically reset the universes again. Again. It, what, even like though like it three only three
1: years after they last did it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, because they fucked up, didn't they? Um, like, I comics marketing is something I really don't understand because whilst you might make a bit more money from current buyers by saying oh to understand this you've got to buy this in my head it makes more sense to try and just get more people into comics by having things they can pick up and read and i think as well they must lose some custom from current people because i know there are books that i've dropped because i can't be asked to buy x other thing and y as well to understand said like you know exactly. there have yeah. been books that I've actually dropped because I'm like do you know what every other issue of this is oh to to get part 2 read this and to get part 4 read that and I'm like no feck off I can't, I can't be asked. so uh, like if I was running these sorts of companies I would think really hard about stuff like that and also about marketing around the movies as well because I think it's <laughs> Marvel did a very clever thing starting to release Guardians of the Galaxy just before the movie came out and then having a Rocket Raccoon and a Peter Quill, like yeah. Star-Lord comic come out not long afterwards. Whereas DC don't tend to do things like that. They don't have, like, you know, if you saw The Dark Knight and thought, oh I want to pick up Batman. Yeah, there's a ton of Batman comics, but none of them are the Batman that you would recognise exactly. from those movies. Yeah. And I think, like, it bamboozles me that they're cancelling Deadpool soon, even though he's got a movie due out next Feb. Like, that's... it's been like everywhere for the past six months and now you're just fucking them (laughs) off seems weird it goes back
1: to what I said that I think in some aspects comics are 25 years behind the curve That they Mm. don't really know what they're doing and to be be brutally honest I get more enjoyment out of watching the TV shows because I think they do the storylines and they know how to present it Present it far better than they do in the comics. I'm not suggesting that we necessarily they should go and get the TV writers to write the comics because they did that Wonder Woman and it was a catastrophic fucking disaster. But what they should do is they should they should at least understand how the public sort of takes these stories in now and how what you know how the public enjoys their storytelling. Because whilst it was great that Flash crossed over with Arrow. You know, they're not doing it every fucking week. <laughs> they did it once, and that was it. Great, oh, that's quite of new and that will have lent people to maybe go and try Arrow and maybe stick with it or not, but don't keep forcing them to do it. Give them the option, and then move away and The way that they tell stories, I think is you know the t v shows have just begun to get it so much better than I think comic writers have, and comic writers are stuck in that old you know um continuity driven kind of kind of way of doing things that, you know, there's one universe and everybody inhabits the same universe God, it's got dull now it really has, I don't care I don't care who, which Robin we're on I don't even know which Robin we're on you know, it just I'd love to be able to go back to to some really well-told stories, even, and this is where, like I was coming from to start with, you don't necessarily have to set them all in the modern age. You really don't. Mm -hmm. Does Batman even, I mean, does Batman properly work in the modern age or does he work better in a 1930s noir setting? I don't know. But they're not even trying that 1930s noir setting outside of, you know, one shots and so on and so forth with any Mm great realm whereas they did in the the animated series which is granted is 20 years old now but that didn't have a modern feel to it you know the the aesthetic wasn't wasn't modern and it wasn't evocative of modern time but what it was was evocative of that noir feel which was what they were going for but you don't necessarily have that in comics anywhere and it's i think they're missing a trick mm. um i don't know if they are or not whether they've even looked at it but it's When you look on a rack, when you look at sort of like when I walk into Nostalgia Comics, I'm going to be brutally honest, every title just merges into every other one. They all look the same, and it's just – and that's a real rant on modern comics, and I don't think that's (laughs) the case, but the big two really do need to start thinking differently.
0: I think it's weird that um, that DC don't use the Vertigo imprint more. Like, I think they've got rid of it now,
1: haven't they? Well,
0: there's there's still a couple of titles in that. There's a relatively new thing called the Kitchen that just started, but that's nothing to do with anything like DC Universe. It's an entirely different thing. Um, Like the fact that they drop Hellblazer irritates me mm. and i think you could t- you could potentially do some really cool like even if it's just like say a six few mini like um a few years ago marvel did the i don't know if you read any of the noir series where it basically took a character and it was like spider-man noir so it was set like 30s no, I, I
1: heard about it, but I'm not um, a go yet.
0: A couple of them were pretty good. I mean, the Wolverine one was a bit too average Wolveriney plot. <laughs> Basically, he rushes in, stabs things, the end. But it was a really interesting concept, and it's stuff I would like to see them do more of because I find it really difficult, particularly with characters or teams with a lot of history, like the X Men and the Avengers. I find so hard to get into anything of theirs because there's like a billion and one characters. You have to know every power that each one of them's got to be able to understand where they're coming from in this situation and that situation. And you have to understand their relationships between one another. You can't just pick up an issue and read it and go, ah, that was good, job done, the end, put it down. (laughs) Like, it's so convoluted. By it's very um, nature to a
1: certain extent. The X-Men is, you know, is, is primed to be set during the sort of like, Mid late sixties. Yeah, it's just that's by you know by the very sort of um, the, the the concepts of what they're they're trying to go for and. Uh on this thread that we were talking about, somebody was suggesting that you, you have that you could almost do it skin style where you have, you know, if you were re- going to redo the X-Men and start from scratch, you, you do the first sort of like 30 issues as you go through the 60s into the 70s as the first class and then they graduate and go on disappear and then you start with a whole new cast and it's more into the 70s and then you get your Wolverines and so on and so forth and you have this changing, this changing cast thing as you go through through the through the timeline. And I just think that will be a really interesting thing to, to read.
0: Yeah. Without think-
1: necessarily, you know Retreading what they've done before.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a place for the comics that we have now. In oh, absolutely. That, yes. You yeah. know, all this X Men stuff, if you've been reading it for years and years, obviously it'll make perfect sense to you and you're probably loving it. Um, it was about the just... people on
1: the planet that applies to. Me.
0: <laughs> but I just, I do think there is room for more uh, variety, yeah. especially, especially from the big two, because I think at the moment, like, Image is knocking it out of the park for complete variety of stuff. And IDW as well have got some really good stuff on the go at the moment, Um, and I think
2: that's
1: good stuff as well.
0: And I really think that that DC and Marvel could take a a, you know a leaf out of their books and do just take a chance on it. Even if, like I say, if it's a miniseries and it bombs, oh well, it's finished now. You know, you don't have to be offering an ongoing title, but like something that people can dip into and go, yeah, that was good. And then the end. (laughs) Look
2: at the look at the the. I
1: mean, I say. Yeah, the favourable reaction is somewhat of an understatement. We look at the reaction that Agent Carter got.
0: Oh, my God, so fucking good.
1: I'm about four episodes into it, and I'm just loving it.
0: Oh, I, my God, it's it's perfect. I can't think of anything that I dislike about that programme. Like, literally nothing. It's perfect.
1: I We started, I, I wanted to sit down and watch it with Bridget and say, right, okay, we're going to watch this, because we watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it's going to be a bit like this, but, you know, <laughs> we're going to get on to mid-season breaks in here, I'm not going to do that, because that just oh. disrupts our... Co- TV watching entirely But we sat down We watched the first episode And she was like Yeah that was okay And I could tell She wasn't hugely into it Because it takes a lot For her to get into Stuff like this I'm she got into Agent Shield And I'm amazed she got Into Flash so, Such as it is So I thought Well she's not keen on that So I'll just carry on Watching it But um, yeah I've got Four episodes in And I love it And I love the fact That they're really Playing up the era
0: Me too Me too I love the fact that well like, One of my favourite things About Agent Carter Is the fact that It acknowledges The oppression of women in that time, but it also acknowledges the fact that, like, she uses it to her advantage sometimes, and like, yeah, does... oh, yeah,
1: she knows, she knows how to get around it, doesn't she?
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, sometimes it does hurt that they think that she's their coffee bitch or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, she can very much use it to her advantage to to get what she wants or what she needs, or indeed yeah. just be invisible in a situation.
1: Yeah, it's the, the way she got Jarvis out of the interrogation room. Oops, did <laughs> was I not meant to bring that back in? What <laughs> silly girl. You know, and it. it really really well done you're, you're playing off that juxtaposition of you know she's she's much better than anybody else in there but she can't let them know it and she can't let them know it for two reasons a because society deems that she can't let them know it and b because there's a bloody good reason because if she does they'll cotton onto the fact that she's trying to you know clear howard stark's name and it's it, that that works really well and i love it and i'd really like to see some more of that stuff be done I mean Gotham to a certain extent doesn't have a modern feel to it. It has more of a sort of like late 70s early 80s you know run down Detroit element to it that mm. you know it's gritty and it's nasty and there's nothing that's necessarily technologically great about that world. You know they don't focus on that aspect. So they focus on that that sort of like um real sort of Dirty Harry style feel to it. Um, And I know you're not keen on Gotham. um, I've given
0: up on it now. Have you? Yeah. I I gave up after the episode where there was, I think it was the first episode that, that Gordon was working in the asylum for some reason. And there were the murders going on in there.
1: I've got as far as that. And I I quite enjoy it. I quite enjoy it for the reason that I think a lot of people don't, is that I like the way that they've shifted it all around. And it looks to be that in the comics and and generally the Batman mythos anyway, it is is the appearance of Batman that inspires the freaks to come out of the woodwork. Mm -hmm. Whereas in this, it seems to be, the appearance of the freaks is what inspires Batman. Mm-hmm. And I'm just interested to see where they go with that. And the guy playing the penguins. Fucking awful.
0: I d- he's basically the only thing I like about it. Yeah. Uh, I like Ed him, but I like
1: the Riddler as well. I like the guy who's playing the Riddler. Oh, I couldn't
0: stand him. Annoying I, as fuck.
1: Yeah, and that's why I like it. Because, <laughs> because that's exactly who I think the Riddler will be. The Riddler will be somebody who will just be irritating as all fucking get out. <laughs> you know, and just get out of my face, and I don't want to hear you speak, because even your voice pisses me off. And that's the sort of guy that he is, but he's an absolute genius with it, and he'll run rings around you, and I just I I like that. And I like the fact they throw all this stuff in, but I I like taking the mythos of something we know, and we know really well, and just skewing it, and seeing where that takes. But anyway, we got off the point. Um, But yeah, the whole thing with, with continuity, I just, it's what has driven me away from comics in the last Four years. I have never bought I've read a few But I've never bought An issue of New 52 At all Oh really I haven't um, The moment that the 52 hit I stopped buying DC Comics And I have zero interest in My brother-in-law Still picks up a few From time to time And I've read some Batman And I've read some Green Lantern And so on and so but The Green you know, Lantern like,
0: Didn't change at all Yeah Not and, even and, and a I know, tiny bit And it was weird was as fuck I didn't understand I was kind that. of like
1: Can I be bothered Can I really be bothered I just <laughs> I Genuinely Don't care anymore and that was kind of a hard thing to get my head around from you know the the devotee that I was to genuinely not giving a shit and i just what i've done is in that period since since i've stopped buying new stuff is i've gone back to search out old stuff so i've gone back to the 50s and the 60s and the 70s mostly the 70s and especially batman in the 70s i read some of those runs that i i missed didn't miss the first time around, but wasn't around for the first time and that's where i've been reading stuff in with regards to DC since then, because I just don't give a monkey's cock about the recurrence.
0: (laughs) I can't really blame you. I've dropped an awful lot of titles since the New 52. I think I've maybe got about six left on the go. It's a weird one (laughs) because I don't think any of them were improved by the New 52, and I think the majority of them were made worse the the ones that i have kept haven't improved in quality they've just kept it up if that makes sense no
1: no so yeah.
0: so nothing's better at all, at all. and I, I have
1: heard some good stuff about you know a lot i'm not saying it is across the board a crock of crap far from it i know that there are some titles that are great i just don't have the enthusiasm to go and pick them up.
0: they're and, all a bit too grim i think they need to they need to have some more upbeat titles just a lot of them are just really grim <laughs>
1: One of the things and i it's been a it's been a long long time since I read it when I say long long time in my world at the moment, you know, last week was a long long time when you've got kids you know hours stretching into days, <laughs> but I read this probably about six months or so ago, and it was um and I don't know if it was prior to new fifty two or after I can't remember when it back came out, but it was a um, Adventures in the eighth grade mm-hmm. and it was absolutely wonderful it was really, really joyous um in terms of you know. Yeah, it was fun. It was really fun. It was really fun, and we'll come on to this in a minute because I know why you want to you want to talk about it. But that's what I felt when I watched Big Hero Six as well.
0: Oh, Big Hero Six, man, that was so. Well,
1: cool. Do you want to go on to that then?
0: Let's let's talk a bit. I'm just going to readjust myself on the bed because I've become uncomfortable. <laughs> um, <laughs> you didn't need to know that, but I thought I'd explain. it. Yeah,
1: there's so an image that's in my head now. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh dear Ahem Big Hero 6 eh? So I Know nothing about The comic version of this like, I. like at all I'm pretty sure I read like Annie issue A billion years ago Back when I picked up A handful of Random crap At a con once <laughs> Didn't Didn't really Pay any attention I was just like Ooh these are like 20 pence Yes please So I don't really know Anything about it I will say That I thought It was thoroughly awesome However I have I have a rather Large niggle with it That's Not necessarily just with Big Hero 6. I'm going to spoil this to Boogery, by the way, everybody who hasn't seen it already.
1: And if not, why not? You should go and see it.
0: Yeah, stop being a crazy person. It's amazing. (laughs) The problem I've got is I really feel like we need to stop having superhero or like hero characters be people without actual families, like proper families, (laughs) because there are an awful lot of stories, particularly when you look through the Disney and Pixar catalogue with orphans. Um,
1: That's a reasonable point, actually. And
0: the thing that bothered me particularly about this film was that a lot of, in a lot of the Disney movies and and comics and whatever, the parents dying or or the parents being dead before, like you know, when the kid doesn't get to know them or whatever, um, is the sort of the defining moment of their life that makes them go down this path to become a good dude, uh, or whatever. Whereas in this. There is literally no reason that both of their parents need to be dead because the driving factor behind this entire storyline is his brother dying towards the start that of the way. movie. Yeah. So there's even though I absolutely adore the character of the aunt who's looking after the pair of them because she's hilarious and brilliantly voiced by whoever did that voice. Sorry, I don't know. But she's great. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Either. Um, uh, yeah, like there's literally no reason why. He couldn't have had both of his parents and just have lost his brother. Absolutely.
1: It's kind of a Disney hallmark, isn't it? Yeah. If, you know, the main, you know, um, protagonist or antagonist, I can never remember which way around they go, doesn't have any parents. And I I can imagine that if you're an actor or a voice actor and you go for a part, they say, great, you've got a part. Which one? You're the dad. Fuck, I've got three lines and that's it.
0: (laughs) Poor man, Mr. Marsh in Frozen. Killed
1: off in the first 20 (laughs) minutes. Brilliant. Where do I pick my check off? Yeah, it is a Disney hallmark, and I don't know whether they're doing it on purpose now. But I think that's a reasonable point about about the film. There's genuinely no reason for... Um, it
0: just—it makes me a little bit unnecessarily. Cro- I realise it's just me being a bit of an arsehole, but it kind of reads as though like people with parents can't be as good as people who have to live through losing them. It's like, well, that's a, a bit bollocks, mate. Like you know, you can be just as good of a person without having to triumph over some kind of familial adversity. <laughs>
1: like, yeah. I, I will give I will give Disney a little bit of sympathy here, in that a lot of the stuff they've done has come out of traditional fairy tales. And it is a byproduct of traditional fairy tales that the parents get killed off, or the parents have you know, left them in the woods or kicked them out of the house or something. And that in a lot of fairy tales, the part of the driving force behind the story is the fact that the parents aren't there anymore. But when you've got something like Big Hero 6, which isn't taken from traditional fairy tales, there's no reason to continue that concept through. I don't get I I, I agree with you. I don't know why they, they did that. But. For everything else, I have to say, um I sat in the cinema, and the only reason I get to go and see films anymore is to take charlie i you know i don't i I can't remember the last film I went to see for me, and I think it was probably Avengers that's how far back i'm going
2: Christ. um
1: exactly, and I went with my my nephews at that time, so there you go so I only get to see these kids' films now, and um but I have to say I'm enjoying them so much more than anything else because they're just they're fun and they're oh joyous. Gosh. I mean Lego movie was just oh, made me wonderful. beam like a gibbering idiot Paddington I didn't think I'd like Paddington, but Paddington was just wonderful. It was a joyous movie. It really was. I really enjoyed it, and I didn't think I would and Big Hero Six it just made me grin like a like a fucking moron like I just <laughs> like somebody just drilled something into my head and lost my all, all cognitive function um yeah if I would dribbled at the same time. That would have been the image that I would portray. It was great fun and it was really was just tying back into that whole fun aspect
0: of superheroes. Mm. Um, I absolutely loved it. I think one of the like the absolute main positive of this movie for me and this is me getting a little bit on my feminist high horse. There are two two female characters count them two mm-hmm. uh, in this superhero team. Not one of them is trying to make a sexy with any of the boys, nope. which is great. Not one of them is motivated by trying to impress any of the boys, which is great. Both of them are incredibly smart, yeah. uh, but neither of them are the same, which is great. Because I hate, there's there's like a really big tendency at the moment for this, you know, this, in inverted commas, strong female character, which kind of assumes that to be strong, you have zero actual faults. Like, you can never cry and you can never uh, fail at anything and it drives me mad because I'm like do you know what that's not I don't want a strong female character what I want is a realistic one like that might actually exist in the world who can yeah. be strong occasionally but also you know can be shit at things or <laughs> like yeah that's strong, what I like female,
1: to be. strong female does not equal alpha bitch does it
0: yeah, exactly. Um, that's one of the things I liked about Agent Carter because she does occasionally make some mistakes or slip yeah. up places and get upset about things and that's fine because she's also a badass. Um, and that's why I love this movie because those two girls, I was just staring at that and I was like, oh my god, if ever there were some role models in animated movies because everybody's heard my rant about Frozen and what an absolute piss poor pair of female characters those are. <laughs> like, these two. We've had like, that
1: conversation before now, can,
0: can we not put Frozen in the fucking bin now and stick this in front of kids and go, these are the girls you want to be looking up to because they're smart and they're chasing dreams and they're not running around after boys, but they care about their friends and each other and it's just wonderful.
1: So you must have been over the moon at the announcement that Frozen 2 was coming.
0: Can't fucking wait. <laughs> it's obviously going to be the best film ever.
1: Trust me, when you have a three-year-old girl... And Frozen happens to be the best thing in the world You have no idea How painful Frozen can get When you listen to it Every day for six months And when you're out of the house All you can hear from the back of the car is You know snowman.
0: Oh my god My sister every now and again Just sends me a text asking if I want to build a snowman And I'm like fuck off No, <laughs> grow up Watch a proper film
1: now, the other thing is, I happen to like Frozen, but I happen to like Frozen because I sit watch the look on my daughter's face when she watches it, and I think that's why I like it. I don't want to get into the the you know the metaphysics of the fucking film or the characters or whatever you. I, it just it en- you know it enchants three year old girls, which is pretty much what it's designed to do <laughs> and I haven't told her yet that Frozen 2 is coming out because there's no way I'm taking it to the fucking cinema to see that the, the, the wife can do that that's her job <laughs> I'm taking Charlie to see Lego Batman and that's it yeah. Um, but yeah it's um, did you catch and I, I, I don't know the names of the characters which is really bad as a nerd I really should know this thing but the not the the, the thin female character in Big Hero 6 who did the thing with the um, with the chemistry the, the whizzy one with the bike uh, um, the
0: one with the purple swish in her hair that's the
1: one um, yeah. a couple of times she told um one of the other characters to woman up
0: i didn't notice that no that's the
1: same way that you'd say man up yeah come on yeah. woman up and i thought well done I like well it. done liking that that's I good like that. because that fits in with exactly her character and it yeah. and you're right it comes back to their they're very positive realistic and i use that term very loosely you know, female characters who mm-hmm. aren't alpha bitch or whingy- Damsel
0: boy. in distress. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love them both so much. And I think, um, it, I mean, it helped that they were embedded within an entirely awesome film. Um, yes, exactly. Because it, the, the great thing as well was that the male characters weren't constantly like, look what this woman can do, fucking hell. Like, amazed that <laughs> women yes, it can was... do things. They were just, like, totally accepting of the fact that, we work well. We used to before it burnt down, but we built things at this nerd school. You know, we're all nerds. Look at this amazing thing that I made. Yes. <laughs> it was cracking, and oh my god, I just I want to Baymax in my life. <laughs> I need yes. a Baymax in my life.
1: I've got. I have got a question for you, and this does spoil the living shit out of it. So anybody who hasn't seen it yet, you really don't want to listen to this bit. How much halfway through the film were you thinking that it was the brother that was the bad guy?
0: Oh, do you know, I didn't think I didn't think it was him at all. Did um, you not? No. I knew it wasn't going to be the one that they, everybody thought it was, partly yeah. because that seemed too obvious and partly because I thought they're not going to have the characters go, oh, it's definitely him, and then it just is. I actually thought it was the, the yeah, guy who it so turned out.
1: And it. then because I've watched far too much movies and far too much TV, I was looking for the triple bluff and thinking, <laughs> they, uh, they're not going to go that way, are they? They're not, no. Oh man that would be weird if they did. And I would kind of tried to convince myself that it was but then I thought it's a kids film. They really going to pull that sort of shit out in a kids film.
0: Can you imagine that? If he did to a mask off and half his face was just all burnt off and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Horrendous. Um oh no I thought I mean like even though that That part was a little, to me, it was a little bit tele. I thought the whole film was just so clever and so funny. I mean, Scott Adsit does a cracking, cracking job as Baymax, uh, the voice of Baymax, because he sounds like a robot, but at the same time, he's like ludicrously personable. (laughs) I don't don't know how he did it. And that adorable thing he does with the fist bump.
1: (laughs) I tried to teach Charlie that. I really did. We've almost got it down. We've almost got it down. Him trying to keep any sort of knowledge in his head for five <laughs> seconds is, is is difficult at the moment. So I have to teach him a fact oh, every single time.
0: Well, I um, as soon as we saw that, because Rich and I were watching it together, and he just looked at me and went, "That's your, that's how you're gonna fist bump from now on, isn't it?" And I was like, "Yeah." And yep. he was like, oh, <laughs> "Great, great." Because Rich was already sick of. It. I don't know if you've ever seen me do this. You know how when normal people fist bump, they either just leave it at a bump, or they bump and explode. Mm. Well, I I went through a phase because of Pete Holmes of doing a squid, which is where you bump and then you sort of explode, but then your hand sort of wafts off like a squid. You can't see what I'm doing. I'm gonna like post a video on Instagram or something. Yeah, yeah you're gonna have to do that because
1: <laughs> what I'm imagining can't possibly be what you're doing.
0: <laughs> it might be. You never know. I don't know what you're imagining, <laughs> uh, but, but that not. was. That was my big thing for a while, which we used to really annoy rich and now, of course, it's just fist bump la 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 la, which I think is hilarious, but rich isn't quite so impressed the, by the, and um
1: the fish I on. tried to teach him the other day actually was the one fr- that Jay and Tyler Bob do
0: <laughs> right, <laughs> is that the correct thing to be showing her? A-
1: Probably not, but you know it's 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 just a just a very simple one, but um, I was watching Dogma the other day, and I thought. <laughs> I love, I love Dogma. Dogma's a fantastic movie.
0: I don't like Dogma.
1: Yeah, I think we've had this discussion as well.
0: <laughs> I don't think I think I don't really like Kevin Smith movies, actually.
1: I can't get on board with... Well, I got on board with Clerks, Clerks, mm. or whatever you want to call it, and I couldn't clerks. see why he went back to to do it again. And he's going to go back to do it again, apparently. Yeah. And I didn't really... I, I preferred Dogma because of the subject matter, you know, and the sort of the story that it told not necessarily because it's a kevin smith film jm and silent bob strike back was dumb as living fuck but funny with it uh you know and i kind of have a love-hate relationship with him unlike woody allen where i just have a hate relationship with but yeah um um, yeah wild tangents but yeah um it's just the way that they in dogma jay and silent bob do this kind of fist bump thing and it was like yeah that's quite cool
0: (laughs) i think i might be allergic to kevin smith movies because um there was a a time for one of Richie's birthdays where we were having a marathon and I threw up. And then a, a, another time when we were just putting random films on and he put on Clerks and I threw up. And Did a... any
1: of these times involve our
0: No, none of them. That's... be honest <laughs> such lies um, to be fair though both times I hadn't had much alcohol and I'm quite good at keeping the alcohol down so I don't think it was the alcohol that made me bath. because um, I've only ever bathed from alcohol twice in my entire life and one of those times uh, was because I drank too much juice sadly enough and the other time was because I polished off two bottles of really cheap plonk I don't know what anyway
1: it sounds like a mate of mine who we went out with and hat. He had 14 pints and then a packet of cheese and onion crisps, threw up everywhere and blamed the cheese and onion crisps.
0: Well, I, see, I, th- I do think the food doesn't help because the, the one time I barfed with all the wine and stuff was I'd also decided to eat some pasta salad that had got colesaw in it that had been sat on the kitchen table, i.e. not in the fridge. In the summer for about 12 hours, I decided at two in the morning would be a really good time to eat some of that.
1: As as the saying goes, if you're out drinking, eating is cheating. It's not only it's not only a you know a, a rule; it's a good guide for life as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> indeed anyway Big Hero 6 was good though wasn't it Big
1: Hero 6 is awesome and um, I, it. It, I think have they already greenlit a
0: sequel I hope so I mean I assumed from the I mean it doesn't end in a way that demands a sequel but it very much ends in a way that suggests that there are more adventures this group of kids are going to have therefore they could yeah. which I like I hate ones that sort of really telegraph a sequel especially if that sequel doesn't then happen.
1: <laughs> yeah <person>. exactly <laughs> um, Green Lantern I'm looking at you yeah
0: <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm very conscious of how long we've been a babbling yep. on. Um, so have you got anything else that you wanted to talk about?
1: I was just going to talk about the new trailer for The Avengers.
0: I haven't seen the new one. I, have I'm you tr- not? I'm trying really hard to not watch any more because I feel like of all the trailers I've seen so far, I'm just going to end up seeing the whole fucking film before I see the whole fucking film. So I've stopped now. I'm like, that'll do. I'm already excited So I'll stop now.
1: It is really cool. And there's some lovely character bits in it, which Mm. which I'm looking forward to. Um, And the one thing which the internet did go a little bit nuts about is that Quicksilver speaks in it. So you get to hear his accent, which is a bit East European. Okay. in In my sort of like deep down, dark recesses of my nerd mind, that's exactly how I thought he'd speak. So I'm happy with that.
0: Oh, that's good. I was concerned. I'm concerned about Quicksilver because I think they did a really good job of him in Days of Future Past, and I think they're gonna have they're gonna have some big shoes to yeah. not fill because it's not a <laughs> it's an entirely separate thing. But it's you know we've already got an idea of Quicksilver in our minds now, so I think it's going to be interesting to see where where they take it. Yeah. I really enjoyed Days
1: of Future Past. Uh, I loved it,
0: loved it. So loved it was it.
1: really good, and I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna earn a lot of ire for this. I enjoyed it more than Guardians of the Galaxy, to be
0: honest. Oh, that's interesting. I don't agree with you, but I can accept.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I, I only saw Guardians of the Galaxy the first time a couple of weeks ago. I've had it on DVD for ages, but I've just mm-hmm. not got round to watching it. And then we had my nephews over and babysat for them um, a couple of weeks ago, and it was, it was um, myself, and my wife, and my two nephews who were like. I can't remember how old they are. That's terrible. I think they're, uh, Harry's 12 and Tom is 9. And they didn't want to watch The Voice, for which I was put into great big fucking thumbs up. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and I said, well, do you want to watch Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. So Bridget disappeared off up to bed. and We watched that. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. I thought it was really good. I really had a good time watching it. I enjoyed it. But I felt a little disappointed by the end of it, probably because... Ever since it came out, it's been, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing. It's a wonderful movie. It's absolutely superb. And I probably built it up to be a little bit more than it actually was going to be in mm-hmm. my own mind. I would have said it makes my top 10 of comic films, but probably only just.
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: There are films I, I enjoy more than it. But I'll well, go back and watch it again.
0: See, probably- to be fair, I got a lot of stick last year when I almost put Turtles Above Guardians in my top five movies of twenty. 20- 14? Because uh, <laughs> everybody was like, why would you even contemplate that? Turtles was gash compared to Guardians. And I was like, yeah, but not not to me. I actually had a lot more fun watching Turtles. And I watched it twice, three times now.
1: <laughs> so, Number one was the Lego movie, of course, wasn't it?
0: Uh, No, it was Guardians. I'm sorry. When you're wrong. You're wrong.
1: You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong, you're wrong. You see, it's this Lego movie. The Lego, movie
0: was, Lego movie was,
1: as fantastic. the, the word song says, fucking awesome.
0: It really was. It's That's so the good. That version of the song. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, I've got a couple of things I was going to bring up, but I'll leave. I'll leave the flash until next time I record with someone else because I'm going to have to go into that a bit too much. Um, okay. But but there were two other things that I wasn't sure whether a lot of people would be aware. Of. Well, obviously a lot of people would. I don't presume to think that I'm the first in like on the ground floor of these things um but I saw uh I saw a film that actually came out about two or three years ago I think on Saturday we had a bit of a drunken night in and decided it'd be a good idea to just throw some random horror films on for a laugh and I'd been told that a film called Your Next is very good so we decided to pop it on and it's amazing um it's nothing terribly clever you know it's not It's not the kind of film you're going to be, you know, it's not like a psychological thriller. You're not going to be sitting there thinking, ooh, ah, what's going on? It's very much a slasher movie, but holy hell does it deliver on the slash. Uh, It's brilliant. But one of my favourite things about it was the fact that the... People doing the slashing were not completely infallible, <laughs> um, like because you, you tend to see in a lot of slasher movies like people getting overpowered by the murderer who could easily have probably took them on, mm. <laughs> and it just seems what you like. Well, why why are you dead? That doesn't make any fucking sense. You're twice his fucking size. What's happening? Um, so I liked the fact that in in this film, I mean, I won't spoil anything, even though it's a couple of years old, because it's it's good. Nothing. Everybody should watch it. But I like the fact that some some of them get the shit kicked out of them, <laughs> and it's. It's well worth a watch. It's a, it's so much fun.
1: I've just looked it up on Wikipedia. Is that a pig's head he's wearing?
0: The, yeah, the um, there's three sort of murderers in it, and one of them's wearing a pig mat. And oh, no, hold on, there's a lamb... Mask,
1: Oh uh, right, yeah,
0: fox yeah. mask, and I think a tiger mask, yeah,
2: no,
1: that, something
0: yeah. like that. But there's a little, there's a little bit of a twist at the end as well that we didn't really see coming. Um, but it's one of those films that, especially if you're a little bit merry, you're just sitting there going, oh, oh, wow, no, <laughs> like it's really good. And then we made the mistake of putting on ABCs of Death afterwards, which is. Fucking awful, and uh, we we didn't we didn't get all the way through. I, I don't know if you know what ABCs of Death is. Um, I
1: don't, but it sounds okay. like it's a bad version of a Nagatha Christie book.
0: Well, no, what it is is twenty six directors were given a letter of the alphabet to make a two or three minute short film where they had to come up with an interesting death beginning with that letter. So it's like oh, well, that's um, an, that's a that's it's, a, it's a very interesting concept, which is why we put it on because we thought this could be really good. And now A. Starts, obviously, and A is for Apocalypse. And it's this weird little short film that I think is in... it, It might be... I think it's in Spanish? Perhaps. It's foreign. That's terrible. I think it's Spanish. And it's basically this woman just trying to kill... A bloke in bed and he's like, Why are you doing this to me? And she she basically admits at the end of it, I'm gonna spoil all of these by the way. Um she basically admits at the end of it that she'd been trying to kill him slowly with poison for a really long time. It's her husband, and he's obviously quite sick in bed. She'd been trying to kill him with poison for a really long time, but now the apocalypse has hit, so she'd had to like move up her schedule. So she like just comes at him with a knife and like throws hot fat in his face and stuff, just tries to bat him about the head with a frying pan and things because she's like, Yeah, I had to move up my schedule, sorry, bang bang. The end we were like mm, okay that wasn't that wasn't great but but we'll we'll stick it out for another we'll see what b is about i think b was maybe for i want to say it was for bogeyman or something like that and it's basically a story this babysitter tells a kid this horrible story about this bloke who eats children if they don't go to bed and blah blah, blah. so the kid goes to bed but then a dude actually comes in and murders them basically for being arseholes and leaves the kid alone that's the end of that one and we were like mm, that one's pretty shit actually. (laughs) The third one, though, was really fucking good. And that was C was for Cycle and that's where this bloke gets sort of trapped in this cycle of sort of falling in this hole you never quite know exactly what's going on but we don't know whether it was making multiple versions of himself or whether he was travelling back in time Um, but he was getting stuck in this cycle of of going back discovering he wasn't the only version of him left killing himself throwing the body into the place where he keeps falling and then falling back in again and popping up somewhere else so he he's just stuck in this cycle of repeatedly murdering himself it's really fucking weird weird but it was well clever and we were like oh wow cool d was for dog fight and that was just a dude having a fight with a dog it was pretty shit mm. e we fast forwarded because it involved spiders and i did not want to watch that before going no. to bed thank you very much f we skipped because it was fucking weird uh f was for fart and that was a short japanese film yeah no oh,
1: well, no you don't actually need to say any more with that yeah. if it's japanese, it's japanese i love the japanese but they are
0: fucking weird awesome, awesome it is spider. weird Essentially, it's the story of a girl who, I don't know whether it's during or shortly before, I don't know, a biological attack um, hallucinates that she's actually smelling the fart of her imaginary friend. But then during this hallucination of sniffing this fart, like there's just like lesbian kissings and naked people. And I was just like, what the fuck? Uh, we skipped Jay. To k because we got a bit bored, but we've been told that l was particularly interesting mm. I really wish I hadn't seen l uh l is where we stopped l was for libido. this was another Japanese one, and this is a short about basically there's two blow it's it's a it's a competition men two men are shown something on stage and made to jerk off if they jerk off first, they win if they jerk off second, they get murdered. And another, like, obviously, there's a lot of these rounds going on in different rooms because then whoever wins those rounds gets into the next round, if that makes any sort of sense. So then they're shown something else that's a bit more gross that they might not want to jerk off to, and blah, blah, blah. So you see a lot of these rounds. And I mean, one of them, a girl takes off her prosthetic leg and starts fucking herself with it. And these blokes are trying to jerk off to see who can win. Uh, it's fucking gross. And then the last round, and I don't know what they were trying to say here, but a boy a small a small boy gets fucked by a fat old man on stage and these two blokes have to jerk off to it and it's absolutely what? yeah it's absolutely sickening i felt i mean you don't see anything you just see the kid in his underpants lie down and then this fat bloke get on the bed and then you just see the fat bloke's face occasionally as he's like thrusting about it's fucking <laughs> disgusting i felt actually sick and i was like rich we've got to turn this off and he was like well we'll we'll get to the end of this letter and then we will And I was like, no, this is making me feel actually ill. Well, there's one bloke who you're following through these rounds who refuses to jerk off to this, which is fair enough. And in the next scene, you see him tied to a bed and a woman's fucking him. And I thought, oh, maybe what they were trying to say there was that the fact that he couldn't get it up for paedophilia means he wins because he's not completely fucking gross. I don't know how this works. But then the woman on top of him gets out a chainsaw and just carves him the fuck up the end. (laughs) And we were like, I felt genuinely sick. Then it comes up, M is for miscarriage. And I was like, no, no, that's where we stop. This is where we stop.
2: I oh.
0: have no idea why the fuck this film exists.
1: That that sounds it's, 100% shades of fucked up about it. It
0: is grotesque and like... <laughs> just it annoys me because the idea is so good of just like that from, could have been that it could, could have been, been amazing so,
1: that could have been so good if they just didn't
0: veer into just fucked up shit yeah exactly <laughs> yeah and the worst part is rich looked it up online afterwards to see what the other letters were to see if there was any that might be vaguely interesting to to like cleanse our palette of the rest of the film and m is for miscarriage is actually just a woman having a miscarriage on a toilet it's fucking gross, and 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 a little bit tasteless, if you ask me. Actually, a lot tasteless. And yes. Yeah, incredibly t- Oh,
1: it's, No, no no, oh, no, no,
0: no. And there's a second <laughs> one. A second one exists. There's another movie where these things happen. I can't even. See, now the last,
1: the last time we did this, you told me about a a horror movie that I should that you didn't enjoy, but I went and watched and thought it was fucking wonderful, and that was <laughs> Dead Snow. Oh. Okay. So you've now told me about a horror movie that I'm not going to go anywhere near for fuck's sake, but one that I might try out as well.
0: Yeah, Your Next is really good. Your Next is... But I said to Rich, I kind of wish we'd watched them the other way around. Like, if we'd have put (laughs) maybe list of death on and then gone, ooh, fuck, no, and put on Your Next, would have been like, oh yeah, this is what we wanted. Silly, slashy, gory, you know stupid. Yeah. Yes. Like, but the, like, oh, I can't.
1: I've got one for you and this is, because I think you kind of like this and I don't know whether you've seen this before but it's it's an age old film. It's made in the 70s and it's a Spanish film. It's only 35 minutes long and it's called La, Cabine, La Cabina. No, okay? I've never heard It's basically it. about a guy who gets stuck in a telephone box.
2: <laughs> right.
1: Okay. I'm not going to say anything more about it. Okay. okay? But it, for the for the most part of the film, it looks like it's going to be a comedy film mm-hmm. it isn't now you can probably find this on YouTube, but it's called la la cabina seriously it's a brilliant brilliant movie and has a twist ending that will f- fuck your brain up
0: nice I'm so, gonna check that out then
1: go check that out because because yeah. it's 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 great it's really good and I can remember seeing it as a kid and going, what the hell's going on with this after you know 25 minutes ago,
0: hey, look at that idiot. Nice I'm going to bring the tone Back up a little bit now Yeah well. well You
1: can't get much lower Because
0: than I was going to say I, d- I don't I don't want to end up at a t- Yeah I don't want that To be the end of the episode Where I'm talking about That fucking Piece of Disgustrousness um, I've been watching A new TV show Called Last Man on Earth it's... The name rings
1: a bell But I don't know Anything about it well, Although I can um, make An educated guess
0: Yeah It stars <laughs> Will Forte Who I've got a weird Relationship with In that I like him In a lot of stuff I've seen him in But then other stuff i I kind of forget he's even there, <laughs> but he it, it's basically, um, you, you don't get to know too much about it, but essentially, there's a virus that kills off everyone but him, and so he's sort of knocking around in the first episode. He's knocking around, traveling about, spray painting signs to inform people of where he lives, so that if anybody is alive, also and roaming around the place, they can find him, which is a bit clever. And it's, uh, it's a comedy and it's really funny. One of the things I loved about the first episode was the fact that he was the last man on Earth and he was doing things you would expect the last man on Earth to do. Because when we start seeing him, he's been on his own for something like two years, I think it is. So, you know, he's at a stage where he, th- he pretty much thinks, yeah, I'm definitely the last guy. So he's just running around doing stuff like stealing pieces of art from museums and putting them in his house and his house is now some famous person's house that he's just he just now owns yeah (laughs) he's just just had and he's doing stuff like constantly drinking all day because why the fuck not he's like taking priceless sculptures and throwing bowling balls at them for a laugh (laughs) like using flamethrowers on like wigs like just because it's just you know what would you do to entertain your time when there's literally nobody around exactly. there's no real electricity there's like nothing to actually do you know he's read a load of mags and stuff so he can't really be arsed with any of that anymore so he's just doing really silly fun stuff which i thought was brilliant because like a lot of these sorts of shows would show him like really earnestly searching for humanity or like i don't know building a fucking hospital even though you don't really need one now you know something like really clever no he's He's just just
1: out to get his jollies a little yeah
0: he started dating a mannequin at one stage because he just didn't know what else to do and he makes makes a joke in the first episode about how um, Castaway was ridiculous because nobody would just make friends with a volleyball and then it cuts to like six months later and he's in the pub with all of his mates and there's like a (laughs) basketball and a tennis ball and a volleyball (laughs) and and a golf ball and a ping pong but like it's ridiculous that he's just drawn faces on all of them so funny and i will spoil it a little bit at the end of the first episode a woman appears and it's um i don't know if you're familiar with Kristen Shaw. she's a weird one for me because she annoys the fuck out of me but in this show it makes perfect sense like she's definitely supposed to be that way
1: oh well where have i because i've just googled her where have i seen her before
0: i don't know where you might have seen her before she was in um flight of the concords that's what i know her from Right. Um, but she's been in loads of stuff, but never as like massive, massive parts. Mm. I can't think what you might have seen her in. But I, I think she's one of the most annoying people ever. Um, but that's what she's supposed to be in this show. So it absolutely right, yeah. works. Uh, it's so funny. And then it's sort of since then, it's been playing with their relationship of like, you know, the last two people on Earth. And they really dislike each other pretty much. Mm. Um, but, you know, should they try and make it work? Should they try and repopulate the Earth? I mean, there's a really hilarious scene where she's trying to make him sort out running water because he's just been shitting in a swimming pool for a really long time. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like put a board across with a hole in it and he just shits in it. Just like, it's brilliant. Okay. <laughs> it is really funny though. And uh, I would definitely recommend it to anybody who enjoys a laugh and also beards.
1: And beards.
0: he has got a pretty epic beard in it. Has
1: he got an epic beard?
0: It's not a hipster thing.
1: It's, a, it's, no. it's an apocalypse thing. Yeah. yeah,
0: why would you bother shaving after... Well, that's a good. Point. Two years on, you, Todd. Are you trying to impress? <laughs> well,
1: the thing is, I probably end up doing it because I go ten days and I want to scratch my face off.
0: Well, I've got to say, like his beard did look like. It's like, it's a problem that I've had with Walking Dead for a while is how smelly Rick's beard looks. Yeah. Like, it distressed me for a really long time. It looks so dirty. I just can't cope with it at all. Uh, so I was quite glad he shaved his off recently. But Will Forte has a, a fairly like it's more epic. I've
1: seen. I've seen the um. I've seen the poster for it, and that is a. That's a proper. That's a beard. Beard. That's a proper beard that's a <laughs> yeah. that's a that's a Corker, it's not, a, it's not a stupid hipster beard, that's a no. proper fucking beard.
0: That's a man beard, that.
1: <laughs> yep, that yeah. is a man beard. Richard, be proud of that one,
0: indeed. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been absolutely loving that, it's great. And the other thing I wanted to really briefly mention, even though I'm not going to review it because it, it wasn't really a thing, uh, I went to an Arnold Schwarzenegger all nighter at the Prince Charles Cinema, and I just want to say, that.
1: I hate you with the flaming oh. passion of a million suns. Oh, my when God. did you sleep? Uh, which one did you pick to sleep through?
0: I I was actually aiming for Terminator because I don't like it very much. But I actually nodded. I only nodded off for twenty minutes, which I was impressed by. And unfortunately, it was during the end of Total Recall. But oh. but that is the film that I've seen the most, so I didn't mind so yeah, much. It, it turns out I've never seen Terminator. I thought I didn't like it. Never seen it. <laughs> 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 um so it was quite I was quite glad I stayed awake for the whole of that now. Uh, oh my god, it was amazing. I just wanted to say big ups to uh to Prince Charles Cinema. I know they do the Arnie Marathon daily often, but they like rotate some of the films in it. But from what like from the from the, the lists that I've seen, I think we saw the best one because we got Commando First, which I absolutely adore.
1: Yeah, Commando's great.
0: Then it was followed by Predator, amazing.
1: I, I see. The thing with Predator is I, it's it's great, and I like it. And it has one of the best Arnie lines in it ever. I mean, my favorite Arnie line from any movie: "You're one ugly motherfucker."
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. Um, they had um, but the
1: movie itself. I'm a little ambivalent over I like it but I can leave it if you know what I
0: mean yeah oh I absolutely oh. adore it oh, I do Um, I think it's wicked and then uh, after that we had The Running Man which is my favourite Arnie film ever
1: that's a great movie
0: like legitimately then there was Total Recall I was so happy I actually like afterwards I was thinking about it and I thought I'm glad I nodded off during that because I never once saw Kuatu on the big screen which I'm very happy about it scares <laughs> the shit out of me yes and then we had Terminator 1 and 2 and I tell you what was the most hilarious about it, it was like for the most part, I think that most of the people who were there stayed the whole thing because a lot of people, it was only 20 quid, so a lot of people, especially people who are local, go for, like, three or four films. You've way, like, made your money back there, really. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people, fuck off. it like,
1: started, what time did it
0: start? Um, Quarter to, see either quarter to eight or quarter to nine.
1: Yeah, so you're there, um, sort of, like, you know.
0: It was nine the following morning that we were stumbling outside I, Every, anyone in London who saw us must have thought we all had Tourette's Because we just kept shouting random things I was shouting things from Kindergarten Cop Which we hadn't even seen I kept going, put that cookie down Which was <laughs> one of my favourite new things to shout um, But it was so funny Because it was like we'd all got like Arnie Tourette's Just stumbling out <laughs> blinking Because we hadn't seen daylight for hours I
1: I the kind then... of disappointed. I'd have been kind of disappointed The Last Action Hero wasn't there Because I do like Last I
0: like that quite a lot actually I was a bit sad about that one but Because
1: um... it's just a cut. Co- if you do that right at the end because it's just a colossal piss take of everything else that's been before it. Yeah. I so think I
2: quite...
0: the one thing that I would change if I'd done it was I'd have put terminator 1 and 2 on first because ended on terminator 2 which is like one of the longest films that was in the day mm. All night at and also one of the I don't want to say most serious but it's it's got less like laugh out loud or like cheer yeah, the screen yeah. and Arnie because that was one of the things I loved I've never been to a cinema screening before where people are encouraged to like get into it that much because us yeah. grits when we go to the cinema we don't cheer when like I don't know Thor punches out anyone or whatever because it's just not the done thing but when it's films that everybody's seen and everyone's familiar with you, you're quite encouraged Not they don't encourage you to quote along but you are quite encouraged to just have fun uh, as long as you're not being a bell end and distracting everybody but the brilliant thing was is that like during the first movie whenever he said things like uh, I'll be back or whatever we were all cheering or whatever by the, day, by the time it got to Terminator 2 it was like I'll be back and we're all just like yeah <laughs> 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 just like crying into our coffees um, See, The
1: only thing I've done Which is anything like that And this is going back Years um, And you can tell By the by the Fact of the movies That I'm talking about I went And this was a fiver This cost me And I went to The Futurist Cinema Now do you know Where the Futurist Cinema Used to be? No Do you know You know where The Victoria Pub is? Yeah So if you go Up, up from the Victoria Pub Up John Bright Street
0: mm-hmm.
1: Where Spearmint Rhino Used to be
0: Yeah
1: That was the Futurist Cinema Oh it was a cinema there, um, and I went to see Star Trek 2, 3, 4, and 5 nice. at the time that Star Trek 5 was coming out, and that was a similar sort of thing, you know, where people were whooping and cheering and clapping and all that sort of stuff, where the stuff came on. The problem for me was, and I'm trying to think when Star Trek 5 came out, but I think it was early 90s, so I was, um, you know, I was sort of like teens, early 20s, and by that stage, I got... I sort of got to the stage where my legs were three quarters the length of my body. But the Futurist Cinema was an old school cinema style which gave you about six inches between the chairs. Uh-huh. So by the time Star Trek Five came around, I've I've cramped up. You know, I can hardly move. And I don't think I so much walked out of there as had to crawl out of there. <laughs> and the fact that Star Trek V sucks fucking monkey balls is awful. <laughs> it's just I mean, you you go you go in on a high and you gradually go downhill. A bit of a peak up for Star Trek Four, but end on ending on Star Trek Five, really bad, <laughs> <laughs> really bad.
0: Well, that's the one thing I will say about the Prince Charles Cinema is that the, the, they've got the chairs perfect because they're just comfortable enough for you to not have to like crawl out of there crying, but not so comfortable that you're constantly thinking I'm about to fall asleep. Because <laughs> I, I was concerned when I first sat in them because they're quite. Um, they don't rock, but they move quite a bit so you can lean back a bit sometimes. Oh, right, and yeah, like, yeah. You know, there's quite a bit of room in that. They're, they're quite comfy. And I thought, fuck, I'm just going to immediately nod off. I'll be, like, halfway through Commando, like. <sighs> <laughs> um, no, I was quite proud of myself, 20 minutes during uh, Total Recall. And then we uh, we popped out for a little walk as well, because the good thing is there's about a 10-ish minute gap between each movie. All right,
1: And yeah, they yeah. let so you get that little bit of. You know, people yeah,
0: stretch your legs um, or have a lunge in the aisle. Or, I did that a couple of times, a couple of lunges in the aisle. Um, but we popped out to get some pizza slices from a nearby takeaway pizza place, and that was a great idea because getting some air, some fresh air and some food. Uh, yeah. I, did, I did learn one thing, though, if I ever do an all-nighter there again, is that, one, I'm taking my toothbrush with me because my teeth felt furry as fuck in the morning because we've been oh. eating Skittles all night and drinking energy drinks, so like, keep yeah. ourselves awake. We've just got this layer of like sugary fur. <laughs> Um, and also I was very aware of the fact that I was wearing the same underpants when I was on the te- on the train on the way home <laughs> I was like mm, thanks for that might take <laughs> might take, take a, a change a- of pants next time because ew like got yes. home and just instantly yeah. bounced into the shower like
1: <laughs> yeah um, yeah, I can see that going if, if you're doing all night so
0: yeah cool. so that's those are things I've learned, but I'm definitely up for going there again because I thought it was wicked and for 20 quid I mean I think we did pretty well on the train fare as well I think in total um, aside from like drinks and stuff I think it Cost us about forty quid, which That's is not bad. It's not bad for like six really good films. I mean, I do love me some Arnie, mm. but I tell you what, the the amount of terrible Arnold Schwarzenegger accents that were knocking around that night was fucking hilarious.
1: Oh yeah, the, the people do an Arnie accents, they're superb. And uh, sitting in a cinema where you're seeing uh, six Arnie movies with people who want to do Arnie accents, I mean, you you can't help but join in.
0: No. It's so you know, fun. you're just
1: going to join in, aren't you? Oh.
0: I've I got to say, like, during Predator, literally everybody in the cinema just like, get to the chopper! <laughs> so good. So good. I had such a weird time. Knock, weekend. knock. <laughs> <laughs> I love, oh, loved it. It was great. And uh, I'm trying to convince somebody in my family to go with me to that. They have, like, a labyrinth masquerade ball every now and again. I need to be involved in that. Cool.
1: Yeah. Will you do, like, your dressing up?
0: I do love a good dress up. I really do. Anyway, that's all the stuff I had to ramble about.
1: Yeah, no, that's 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 good. I don't think I had I had anything else particularly. Um,
0: (laughs) And when it's in almost two hours, so it's it's, yeah,
1: yeah. So (laughs) pretty much covered the entire (laughs) fucking world. Um, Only, um, I mean, the three TV series that I'm really watching, Big Star at the moment. Mm-hmm. Agents of Shield isn't back on quite yet, so I haven't got around to that. But um, I talked briefly about Gotham, and we we, we skirted around Vash But the other thing that I will say is, I I think Arrow is. I enjoyed the first season of Arrow. But it took me a while to get into it love the second series And the third series is just knocking it out in the park Really, really
0: Really? Yeah, I, I think really it's really... absolute tosh Can't stand Do you? I've given up on it Rich is still watching it So I, I am in the room when it's on But I've taken to just reading comics And not paying attention anymore Because we
1: I will admit that the large part of Arrow Is Emily who
0: I can imagine She is pretty beautiful uh, I will give you that <laughs> she's, I... she's
1: as hot as the living fuck
0: Oh, well, I'm pretty much I'm pretty much only paying a vague attention to it now because I can't wait for that spin-off series with the atom and stuff.
1: Yeah, because um, they're doing um, they're doing uh, was it Brandon? Is it Brandon Ralph or Brandon Ruth? I want to say Ruth, but that's probably wrong.
0: I was gonna say I always want to say Ruth, but then again, it's pr- it's spelt Ruth, isn't it? So I don't yeah. know. I don't know.
1: I always thought he made a really good Superman. Uh,
0: do you know, I think he wasn't the problem with su- that, that version of Superman. No, I think no. he was great. I just, I think that the, the whole... No punching,
1: yeah, no punching giant robots into the sun. Yeah, In the they're Superman just... Punch a giant robot into the sun.
0: The entire plot was just tat really, wasn't it? <laughs>
1: what, what I thought he was really good and um, just to... You know, this would be my last point, is that when he played Superman, and I've not seen anybody else do this before, when he played Superman, he was actually more softly spoken than when he played Clark Kent. Mm. And it came across as really quite powerful because he didn't need to raise his voice at all. He just needed, you know, the bit in the plane where he comes in and he's, he's just so softly spoken. He's not. He doesn't need to assert his authority because yeah. just by being there, his authority was asserted anyway. And I thought that was really well done. And I quite like Superman Returns.
2: Um, uh meh. I, I
1: it has it has flaws, and I'm not gonna deny their flaws, and they're flaws that you could drive a fucking planet through. <laughs> um but there are some bits about it that it just like None the least, and this is my beef with Man of Steel, is you can't have a Superman movie without fucking John Williams music. It doesn't happen. If it doesn't have John Williams music, it's not a Superman movie. I'm not, not counting it. So, <laughs> even if Henry Cavill was really rather good. Wasn't of And he, Man of Steel
0: and also wasn't, super handsome. wasn't
1: all that bad.
0: It wasn't all that bad. Oh, thank you. You're like the first person that's ever agreed with me on that.
1: <laughs> Again, it's another film. I understand the flaws. Yeah. I oh, God, yeah,
0: there's loads. I
1: understand the, the bitches that people have about it, and I tend to generally agree with it. But again, I go and this is going back to the Gotham thing. I don't mind seeing a version of Superman that's not exact to the mythos that's been in the comics. I like seeing a version of Superman where he doesn't have that, you know, that um, thou shall not kill ingrained to him from his childhood. He gets that as a byproduct of his 1st you know, warrior Superman. I like the fact that he monumentally fucks it up by starting a brawl in the middle of Smallville you know because he genuinely doesn't have a clue what it's doing he's the only fight he's ever had in his life was nothing compared to that and he's yeah he may be superpowered and more able to control his superpowers but he's up against fucking soldiers you know, um, the fact that he kills Zod and, and the number of it. Oh, well, why couldn't he just fly away? Well, there's a very good reason he didn't just fly away. And it's the same reason that when somebody's kneeling on top of me trying to beat the shit out of me, I don't just jump up. You know, so, again, I, I understand the flaws. I'm not saying it was a great movie, but I rather did enjoy it.
0: Me too.
1: I'm not overly... I don't know how I'm going to take Batman vs Superman. Because
0: I... Yeah, I've heard some things, and I don't like what I've heard or yeah. seen. Uh, yeah, no. Not. They, but, he, I, but I know oh. I'm going to see it, and I'm going to see it at the cinema. Like, I definitely will.
1: <laughs> did you see the picture of the dude whose name has just gone out my head but played Khal Drogo in Game of Thrones as Aquaman?
0: Oh, I did, yes. He looks handsome as fuck.
1: He looks Aquaman, doesn't he? I think I'm, so. I'm not going down the handsome rope, but no, you know, I, I, I am. Securing so. I know, my sexuality <laughs> to say. Yeah,
0: I know a lot of people have been having a go. Like, oh, well, he doesn't look like you know Arthur. What's his chops? You know, he hasn't got a big. He hasn't got blonde hair and beard. No, but. He looks to me. He looks like he could be the king of fucking Atlantis. Exactly. Like I am on board with that. I think he looks great. I mean, I don't. I don't watch Game of Thrones, so I don't really know what he's like as an actor. And I've got no previous associations with Gal Gal Gadot? whatever her name. Oh,
1: no, I've, I've I don't know anything. About
0: I don't know from anything either. Um. So I've got like I've got no like preconceived notions of what they're gonna be like. Like my biggest issue is. The stuff that I've heard, it just doesn't sound like it's going to be any good. It feels like they're throwing a lot of shit at the wall to yeah. see what sticks. And uh, and I don't think I'm interested in that.
1: The thing okay. is, and this will be the last point, my Lord, my God, the thing with it is that um, Avengers was brilliant because it was, it reveled in the ludicrous nature of superheroes. Yeah. You know, by their very nature daft. You can't take them too seriously because then uh, the whole thing starts falling apart when you start putting you know, reality on top of it. You can do it to a certain extent, which is where Avengers you know, danced along that line really very well, but they, they reveled in the absolute daftness of it all. Mm-hmm. Where I think the DC stuff is going wrong is, no, it's got to be gritty, it's got to be hard, and apparently a... Um, Warner Brothers executives said we're not gonna have any any laughs in these movies. I'm just like, you're missing the fucking point. Jesus yep. And they do seem to have shot everything through a grey filter. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's weird.
1: You know, and I, I just worry about that because if they're going that route and they're going the no, no, this can't be this is deadly serious. We make you know, this is how we do our stuff, it's grim and gritty. Well look at what Flash is doing for God's sake. And there's not one single shot in Flash that's grim and gritty. You know, that seems to have got the point from Avengers that it's the daftness that makes that makes it mm-hmm. sell, whereas Arrow by its very nature is a more darker series. Gotham by its very nature is a more darker series and you wouldn't expect any difference. But if you're going to start doing the Justice League, you have to start looking towards Avengers for how to do it. Mm-hmm. And if they copy Avengers, everybody will say, oh, they just copied Avengers. Yeah, but Avengers made a billion dollars, so why shouldn't <laughs> copy them.
0: Yeah I'm a bit torn on this, it isn't the, I just... this isn't the
1: playground anymore is it Where you copied my dad you know, Bollocks yes I copied it Because you made a, mil- a billion quid And I want to do the same thing And there's, a, there's loads of people out there That want to see another Avengers like movie But with Superman
0: Yeah exactly I think that's, that's the thing that, that bothers me Is that I, I wouldn't necessarily be upset If they sort of copied the formula for Avengers Because I would love to see Batman and Superman And Wonder Woman being awesome Together, yeah,
2: exactly.
0: Like exactly. in a film, it'd be great. But anyway, Arrow, though,
1: I'm just—that's just because uh, just you haven't got a stupid middle-aged crush on Emily Beller, <laughs> um Ask Rich; he'll know what I'm talking about.
0: The, th- the thing is, though, like I should have a cr- a crush on uh, on on Green Batman I mean Green Arrow himself Green Batman <laughs> he is Green Batman though he
1: is Green Batman he's he, definitely so, Green yeah.
0: Batman um, yeah. the problem I've got with that series is I think I think I might have um, ruined it a bit for myself because uh, Rich and I started watching series one and thought it was pretty gash, but loads of people said oh no series two uh, is about the same but three or core three is really good so we skipped the end of series one and the entirety of series three because we couldn't be asked to ca- uh, series two because we couldn't be asked to catch up and just started watching at series three There's a lot of stuff going on that I don't understand, but there's also stuff going on that I just do not like. Like, I think Laurel is one of the worst written characters in anything I've ever seen in my life. She's absolute fucking gash, can't stand her. Yeah, I just think she's absolutely one of the worst characters I've ever come across in anything ever, let alone, like, worst female characters. I think she's terrible.
1: Potentially annoying.
0: Um, The sooner she dies, the better, basically. (laughs) um, Yeah,
1: yeah, you really don't want to watch season three then. <laughs> <That's all
0: right. laughs> um no i know what's like i'm up to date with what's going on oh, right. because richie's still watching it and i'm just vaguely yeah. paying paying a, attention a marginal yeah. amount of attention yeah. just so i have an idea but yeah i mean essentially i've i've given up on it i don't i, I, just, I just think it's too up its own ass it takes itself far too seriously that's what i love about flash is that it's just like woohoo comics See, like the yeah the weird thing is the weird
1: thing is um I, I agree with you with Laurel completely, but there's a character in Flash that suffers from the same thing, and that's
0: Iris. Iris. Oh yeah, I hate her too. She's the only thing I dislike about that show, and one of the one of the many reasons is that she's fucking thick as pig shit. Yeah, like she's yeah. made out to be some sort of smart, independent woman, but then she gets. I mean, I don't know if oh, I don't know if you're up to that same bit of the Flash, so I don't really want to say. But essentially, something happens to her that she seems really bamboozled about, but it shouldn't be bamboozling at all. Oh,
1: I'll see what happens when it. Yeah, she just she just irritates. Me. I mean she's she's really poorly written and they don't seem to yeah. know what to do with her. She's and it's bad. exactly the same as Barbara in Gotham. Who, who's about as much use as a marshmallow dildo. She's fucking or, I don't know I don't even know why the character's there. It hasn't there's no reason no. for that character to there. She's done absolutely fuck all in nine episodes and I don't understand why.
2: She's no, there she's in awful episodes
1: or whatever it is. So I and I, I will I'll, I will give shows a certain amount of leeway in their initial season to find their feet with which characters really work and which characters don't. Mm-hmm. And I think you see this in a lot of TV shows. Star Trek The Next Generation, for example, really didn't know what to do with the characters in the first season. It was only in the second season they started to place them properly. Mm-hmm. And they even, you know, Denise Crosby left. Her character was written out after about 20 episodes because she just, just not doing anything. So I think what we'll find with Gotham and... Uh, flash is that they'll either find something to do with iris or and barbara or they'll just drop them
0: Um, (laughs) i kind of hope they drop them (laughs) like iris is one of those characters who like i can't get behind flash's obsession with
1: no, I, no, I don't get so that. Much when I'm like,
0: you've got Caitlin and Felicity in your life, and the one that you want is this yeah. nonsense character who's sort of your sister-ish. Like, it's a bit Which
1: weird. Is, and and to be brutally honest, Barry, every time you're around her, you're a fucking creeperzoid.
2: Yeah, so Grow good. a
1: pair, mate. Yeah. Really, please grow a pair. And so I've just seen the episode where um, Linda Park is introduced, and that worked quite well. But, you know, When you've got Felicity on the other end of a bloody phone and you can get to her in half a second, Jesus, why would you? (laughs) Why would you look at anything else, for God's
0: sake? On that note... (laughs) Yes,
1: indeed. (laughs) Before we we start
0: talking about something else.
1: Now we've transversed the whole concept, the whole issue of various comics. We're now getting on to the love lives of comic characters. When you start doing that, it's time to get a bit. (laughs) No, that's not what I meant, (laughs) kids! (laughs)
0: poor choice of freudian slip (laughs) (laughs) oh dear well it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you again it's been too long and we need to have another like brummy based geeky meetup i think
1: no we absolutely do because the last one was great fun um we need to do that again soon yes definitely and drag as many people as from the peripheries in as we possibly can
0: let's do you want to give out your a tweeter details for people to uh, tweet you
1: um, if they want to tweet me, I, I I am still on Twitter, although I'm not quite as prevalent as I was maybe a couple of years ago, but I'm um, at Mike Hod. That's me on Twitter. Um, I don't have a blog. I don't write anything. I don't record anything unless people are desperate for me to come and chat bollocks to them for two hours. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's me on Twitter.
0: Well, you can find me at StaceBobT on Twitter and Instagram. I've been doing quite fun things on instagram lately this uh, there's a there's a guy on there called the geek of steel who mm. organizes these photo a day things for each month and this month it's like he's given just a random either word or phrase or something for every day that you have to try and take a, a geeky based picture so some of them are just like random colors like today's was yellow and others are things like what's on your feet, or the, or the sun. Like, how am I going to make the sun geeky, what? Um, but it's been a laugh. So it's not just pictures of my dinner – or like my stupid face because I don't know why I'm obsessed with taking selfies I don't know what it is about Instagram that brought that in me but anyway um, and also there'll probably quite soon be a video of me doing a, a fist bump with the squid motion just so that you can yeah, see there we go. we've got, what that we've got
1: is yeah absolutely Indeed. replace the one that I've got <laughs> in my head with. <laughs>
0: You can also drop me an email at stacysparlour at gmail.com. Uh, there's a Facebook group. Just go onto Facebook and search for Stacy's Pop Culture Parlor. Um, you can also purchase items, what have my face on them, at spcp.spreadshirt.co.uk. And I think that's it for all the promo jazz. So on that note, I'll see you all next month. Ta-ra!
3: Ta-ra. Watchin' haters wonder why Gambino got the game, yeah. half-tied, thicky, all she wanna do is bang. Yeah. got her hair done, French braids, now she ASAP, Bino so insensitive, she askin' why you say that, and I'm chillin', yeah. real nigga feelin', rich kid asshole, pay me as a fillin', still spittin' that cash flow, DJ, talent, I got house on both coasts, PH, balance, real nigga, I rep those, why though, cause I said so, get deep in that Pepto, I got five on it, like Benfos, I got like more tail than that pet you faker than some sweet and low yeah you got some silverware but really are you eating though are you eating no, oh, nigga, are you eating no? Breakfast, lunch, and dinners for beginners. You ain't even no. Never catching cases. Why they faces look so EMO. Watch a hater hate me, wanna play me like a piano. My architect, no Japanese. Yeah. Yo, girl, she knees. Yeah. No hands like soccer teams, yo fuck boys like soccer teams. You niggas ain't these. Niggas ain't looking like me. Nah, nah I ain't checking ID, nah. but I bounce them with no problem, tell her I'm winning, yeah, yeah, I'm winning. Why? I'm winning, yeah, yeah, I'm winning. I'm winning, yeah, yeah, I'm winning Why? Rich kid, asshole, paint me as a villain Don't be mad cause I'm doing me